0: Imagine you woke up this morning and your business just vanished. Welcome to Survival Mode, a podcast that explores how entrepreneurs handle hard decisions in times of crisis. I'm Matthias and together with Digital Switzerland, we explore what it means to have a hard pivot, go through rapid scaling or put your startup into hibernation mode. What do you do if you just started your business before the crisis? In this episode of Survival Mode, Sylvain Krenbühl, host of Swisspreneurs and a serial entrepreneur himself, explains how COVID-19 affected the travel and gym industry, why podcasts are a serious medium to watch, and how this crisis can be a great opportunity to start something new. Swisspreneur is a leading podcast platform for Swiss entrepreneurs from Swiss Entrepreneurs. So welcome back to another episode of Survival Mode. Uh, today, I have the absolute pleasure to be with Silvan from Swisspreneurs and the serial entrepreneur himself.
1: Silvan, could you quickly introduce yourself? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, I grew up in the Emmental Valley, uh, then discovered entrepreneurship in high school and sort of found, hey, this is actually a really cool thing to do. Uh, studied business administration at the University of St. Gallen. did my bachelor's there but then started my own company uh, right away Jim hopper uh, i always tell my parents they still insist of doing a master's degree i always tell them that was my master's uh, we sold that about two years ago uh, to my clubs and uh, just recently launched another startup called book a sleeper in the travel area which is not the ideal timing i would say um, but we basically do a booking platform for night trains and at night, basically, I run the Swisspreneur show, uh, Switzerland's largest podcast about startup and entrepreneurship. Ah, uh, that's so cool! So, um, multiple topics to to tackle and uh, to get more
0: in depth about. Um, let's start with the the most obvious one. So, I would say, train and night trains, uh, travel industry. I mean, it went to zero overnight, right. right? Um, which is a little bit tragic. But how how did it affect you? What was How did you feel, Corona? A little bit of a dumb question, but how? what was the impact?
1: Yeah, obviously there was a huge impact. Uh, I think uh, that's probably what every travel startup tells you nowadays. We actually started with the project with the company in December uh, last year, in 2019. Um, We worked together with SBB and ÖBB. Uh, two of the largest European train operators. And then we actually just went live in February with the platform and started with all the marketing efforts. And literally two weeks after we started Corona hit. And first we thought like, okay, you know, all the the major train companies, they are stopping their performance ads. So we can actually get a bargain and can continue and uh, sell more tickets. Uh, But then after one week of doing that, we also had to realize, hey, um, this is not going to work. Then we shut down the whole thing. So we didn't do any more performance ads. Uh, we basically went to maintenance mode, so-called, and just were waiting until Corona was over, basically. We were in a lucky situation that we were well-financed and actually also generating the first uh, revenue for our partners. So we had a very good start. We were really hoping to, to continue that way and uh, continue the good start, but then just had to take a break, um, focused on some technical uh, development with more API integrations and uh, tried to make the best out of it. And luckily then end of June, um, the trains got back and now we're back at full strength with the marketing efforts.
0: Super cool. So you basically went to full hibernation mode, huh? Yeah. Which is uh, impressive. It's not always easy to do. So uh, impressive on, on that side at, at the beginning. Then what, I, what I'm interested about is now, how, how do you feel it now?
1: Is it picking back up? Do people want to travel again? What, what, what is the sense? Yeah, actually, just earlier today, we got the numbers in uh, from from the bookings that we generated. And we generated in one month uh, the same amount of booking that we had before in three months. So people are probably a bit desperate from sitting around at home and just not being able to travel. So they really want to go and discover Europe. And booking a night train is actually a good way because there you can have your private compartment. So you don't have to go to long security lanes at airports or need to sit to other people that you don't know. You can really travel safely and also comfortably. And I think that's sort of a niche that people like uh, to book at the moment. I totally agree.
0: I mean, uh, I look at myself and uh, how like, I'm desperate to go to holidays at some point, but sure. it's it's difficult at the moment. Yeah. I yeah. think privacy and, and having your own space traveling is, is quite important yeah. and uh, it's, Probably going to be industry that is going to be more and more interesting for the future.
1: How do you how do you see it beyond? What is gonna? What are your sentiments? You no, know, I think it. What also helps is there is way less competition, so it's way harder to to go to the United States, even impossible, or to go to Thailand or wherever you want to go, um, if you don't travel across Europe. So I think also due to the less competition that we face there, it's also um, you know easier and uh, better to book actually a night train and just discover Europe. So this will probably continue for a bit longer in, in that regard. So I'm not sure how long, um, maybe until the end of fall, maybe even until the end of the year. But at a certain point in time, this will then actually um, change and probably go back to normal, as as I would imagine. So cool. I mean, that that is actually an interesting one, right? So
0: we, we're, we're forced to stay in Europe. So I think yeah. a, a demand on that side. And we had it in a previous podcast so that, filled like crisis hits like a filter to some extent so mm-hmm. the ones that survive they will have more of the market share in the end hopefully so <laughs> so let's hope for the two trends absolutely do, do you think people like will it all go back to normal at one point or will there be a drastic change in in the sentiment of this industry
1: Th- this is really difficult to say because you know we, we haven't been that long or that active in in the travel industry so we just started in in december 2019 so we haven't been for there for decades before to really have a good comparison um, I think you can probably also compare it a bit to the, the the whole home office trend so you know many people said okay home office is here to stay there will be more and more people that will just now continue to work from home but what you also see now if you walk around the city in Zurich it's getting more and more crowded again and I just think that people they tend to forget pretty fast and this is probably just in the nature of humanity uh, to a certain degree but uh, they just tend to go back to normal um, if it's not a new, a new pattern or a sort of a new behavior that established itself uh, strong enough to be continued after the crisis. So I see both ways. Uh, it's hard to make a judgment or a prediction, but I think we'll probably go more back to normal than we would probably anticipate today. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm kind of shocked, I have to say how <laughs> Zurich changed the last couple of weeks.
0: I, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. Uh, I, I maybe got a little bit socially awkward over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> just more more sensitive about the topic. No, I think what, what, what do you see in Zurich? And it's kind of crazy if you put it in a global context. So I mean, we just had the, the highest new infections uh, worldwide uh, a couple of days ago. And, um, I mean, Zurich is, like, back to crowded summer, almost street yeah. parade uh, style. I, if, you, if you go to places like Latin, so it's, like, it's really busy. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I totally underline it. I think as well, like, human beings change habit, or it it takes a lot to really change the behavior. Yeah. However, we had three months in a lockdown, so...
1: That should actually be enough. So, I think from science, you would probably say you need 30 days approximately uh, to then really form a new habit. So, I am surprised that they're, like... That we are almost like back to normal to a certain degree yeah me, me too me too so
0: I, I was hoping for a little bit more long lasting effect but we'll yeah. see how it turns out absolutely um
1: maybe at that point uh, i had this topic second wave what's your thoughts about that i mean it's happening if you look at the us for example um there the numbers are increasing again um they also took like not that drastic measures as we did in europe for example so i think this is a re- really cool thing to compare the numbers. And uh, to also be, you know, awakened to a certain degree that, hey, uh, if you don't pay attention, this can also happen to us. So I think to a certain degree, we have it all in our own control. Uh, depends how well we work together as a society, as a whole, and uh, then we can either have or not have a second wave.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, from, from my side, I think it's crazy, right? So uh, we looked, before it happened, we looked at China and we thought, yeah, that's a Chinese thing, it's not going to happen to us. Now, we're in a similar sentiment, if you ask me. So we look at places like Israel that basically were one month before us and they have a second wave now. And we kind of still think, yeah, it's not going to happen to us. So we didn't really learn out of that. And uh, yeah, I am maybe a little bit pessimist on that, but I can't see why we shouldn't have a second wave.
1: Yeah. To be honest, you know, when the, the whole Corona thing happened, um, I think me included, we, we all or many of us, not all of us, but many of us underestimated uh, the virus and the effect that it will have. and how fast it can actually spread and lead to this lockdown situation that we had. So I think we might just do the same mistake again and heavily underestimate uh, the the potential threat of a second wave. It's like the tech cycle, right? The Garner's tech cycle. You <laughs> first of all,
0: oh, now that's the overestimation in the beginning. So we didn't do that. We no, didn't that's do right. That. We, we underestimated the opposite. It twice. <laughs> Very cool. So. I mean, uh, you're you're a, a gifted and a talent and a super successful podcast host yourself uh, with Swisspreneurs. I mean, you're number one, number three. I just heard in in business and technology. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit. So, how is that? You interviewed many many startups. What were the stories that really stuck out? What was the the all out of all of these interviews
1: what do you still remember right so yeah we did like more than 80 episodes so far um it's just a lot of fun you know to to be able to interview the people and, and learn from them and uh there were many stories and i think really the personality personality behind uh, the episode is something that we really uh, uncovered sort of in the episodes and i think um, if there should be like a common characteristic uh, of the successful people that we interview, um, I think that we're always surprised like how humble and easygoing that they are. And also for them, they were not like driven by money or by, by ego and said, I wanted to build a unicorn. That's just uh, why I, I actually succeeded. But most of them are really just decent, humble beings. Um, they just loved the thing that they're doing. They were solving their own problem to a certain degree and just built a company around that. And then it happened to be a big problem that other people also had. And then it emerged to a very successful company out of there. And, uh, you know, the, these were really sort of the, the common grounds that always impressed me. And also, on top of that, the people that are able to get very far and, and, and really build up a, a successful company with significant revenue without any external fundraising and external money. So for me, these are like the, the real heroes of entrepreneurship that are there to create something out of nothing. Which well, goes a little bit contrary to the American way,
0: right? There right. You, you use a lot of money and you scale it as fast as possible. Sure. Um, w- w- so we talked a little bit about about the Swiss sentiment or you mentioned it, and I think it's an interesting point since I talked with a lot of entrepreneurs from Switzerland and from abroad. Um, you you have, always have these cultural differences. So I think Swiss entrepreneurs normally, they build it
1: once and they build it to last, right? and they don't want to exit. What, what's your opinion on that? I, I think there's a good comparison. You see that also in the way that we build houses compared to the US. Um, here, we want to build houses that last for 100 years or more, right? Uh, in the US, if there's a, a storm coming, uh, a hurricane, um, it's gone. You just rebuild it. You you pivot. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and that's just the, the different mentality. So I think we Swiss people are very good in building good products, strong products from a technical perspective. Uh, the downside there, obviously, is that we probably wait too long to then actually go to market and, and close the first deals and are also too defensive when it comes to really internationalization and, and building a, a big company. On the other hand, in the US, that's where they are really strong. That the sales and marketing game there is insanely strong. And there we can really learn and take away a lot from them. On the other hand, not all of them obviously, but in, in general I would say that the, the technical quality of the product is probably not the same standard, at least not in the beginning. So they then we're often you know just sell something to to close some revenue although the the product is not even shipped yet and that's something probably where we culturally also have a problem in in doing so to promise something that we cannot keep because this is not the the swiss mentality
0: right so true i mean i like the analogy there with building houses and it's so true like everyone <laughs> who was in the us they
1: they were shocked how uh, how tiny, how, how thin the walls are. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I traveled to the U.S. a couple times with, with our CTO and a, a good friend, Joao, uh, also co-founder at Book a Sleeper. And at Jim Hopper, he was the CTO. And every time we, we passed a, a construction site, uh, he always said, these wooden houses, I don't understand it. Why do they build wooden houses? <laughs> it was so obvious to him. And I think this is really showing you the differences. Um and i think the magic probably happens when you combine the two so if you have access to a large market as the us they they strong sales and marketing game but also a strong product in the background with uh, swiss engineering um that's where you can build a, a really interesting company i i would imagine
0: well no i agree so the magic of the of the two or the best out of the two worlds in a way a little bit um, drifting there but podcasting i think podcasting even in corona gave it quite an impulse. So right. you, you, in this crisis, you had certain industries that did thrive or certain formats that did thrive and others yeah. less, right? So travel a little bit less. and um, Obviously. <laughs> obviously. It's a, it's a you sad know, the, story. The fun
1: part there is I think there was once a statistic and it said like the, the most effective was like travel. Then there was something in between and the third one was fitness. Uh, so two thirds of uh, the projects that I was involved in, in what were like the top three, basically. And I was like, "Uh oh, this is not good." Are we going to
0: sleep? I mean, it's interesting, right? It leave, it leaves space open to to adapt at some Absolutely. Point. And as we mentioned, it probably kicks back. Yeah, definitely. So podcast. I mean, it's a, it's it's an interesting topic. I'm quite new to it. You're a little bit more advanced, I would say. What's
1: your What's your thoughts about the format? How do you like it? Why do you like it? So I think there's a lot of things to like about podcasting. Uh, First of all, it's pretty easy to produce. Uh, You're pretty flexible and it's way cheaper than doing like a video content in a a professional setting. Uh, For us at SwissBurn, it was always very important to have really top-notch high quality. So to do that in video, is just like so much effort and also way more expensive than doing high quality audio content. So that was one of the reasons why we shifted, but then also the general trend. People like to do things in, in parallel, so they like to hit the gym or to commute or go for a walk. And then it's difficult to watch a video while doing so, but they still prefer to to listen to inspiring and, and helpful stories for their own journey. So that's why I think podcasts are a, a perfect match for, for that format to a certain degree. And you also see that again if you look to the US, you know, there are huge podcasters like Joe Rogan, for example building an empire out of podcasts. And I think it's just very impressive to see how that development and the whole podcast game took off in in the U.S. And I also see now, of course, way smaller and way slower, but step by step uh, coming over here to Switzerland, luckily. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it finally it
0: finally put some numbers to the game as well. If you can yeah. sa- sell your podcast or your exclusive rights for $100 billion right. dollars to Spotify, <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting topic yeah. to be in for sure. And
1: there's crazy, you know, if you look how they, their stock price reacted uh, after that uh, deal announcement, and they just did it again this week or last week with Kim Kardashian, where she also signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. Uh, stock is jumping and going crazy, and... uh that's very impressive, and Spotify is so serious about the podcasting game. There's something big coming, I think. How, how do you, so looking at
0: that, so two questions I want to ask you. Uh, first one is, what is your opinion on people saying, well, there are so many podcasts or too many podcasts and everyone does a podcast?
1: What's your opinion on that? Um, first of all, I think it's good that there are many podcasts. So that shows that people are you know, trying out, uh, experimenting, and that podcast as a format is gaining more and more popularity. So I think that's actually a good sign. Uh, that's usually also what you want to have as a startup, right? You don't want to be the only one in that space. You want to be better than your competitors, obviously, but you also you don't want to have no competition at all because then probably the market is too small or too unattractive. So that's also to a certain degree a validation. So I think that's actually a very good thing. Um, what's then really important or the the key differentiator is how good that your content is. Because if people, they discover your show and then just uh, listen to one episode and never come back, then the content is probably not hooking or appealing enough. However, if you do a good job and people listen to multiple episodes uh, when they actually discover you, then um, you are doing a good job and can actually also grow from there. I totally agree. I I
0: read a, a great post the other day. So it's like... People complaining about that is like, no one complained there is too many novels or no one complained there is too many <laughs> songs or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a format in the end. And it's sure. a format for what I like about it, kind of self-reflection of the the, the interviewee and the yeah. host itself. Good. So, how do you think... How did the format get affected? Do you see a spike in listeners all of a
1: sudden since everyone was at home during Corona? We actually thought that this would happen, but quite the opposite happened. Uh, surprisingly, but now I think we or at least we think that we know why. Um, so at first when Corona hit, you know, everybody was so busy and, and talking about Corona, they were consuming the news and didn't really spend any time on personal development or listening to other stuff. So first we really saw a drop in, in listens for like the first two weeks of Corona, but then they, they picked up again. And then um, now it's June. So in May we had like our strongest month ever and are just about to do the, repeat the same in June uh, with hitting a new all time high. So then I think Corona afterwards really boosted that. But first, there was a shock that we didn't expect. And now things are getting back to normal, and coming back stronger than before. Ah, that's awesome. And I mean, people commuting as well. How, how I listen to podcasts, right. it's
0: a lot. As you mentioned, it's this, you have an activity and you're thinking. as so you go biking
1: and you listen to a podcast. Right. How do you do it? I usually, I like to walk. So uh, I grew up in the Emmental and there I really like spending time in nature, walking in the woods or by the river and just uh, walking and listening to podcasts. That's uh, like the perfect scenery for me. Oh, that's uh, The the landscape is definitely made for that. Absolutely.
0: So one last question to to podcasting is, so I think it, it's super interesting how Spotify gets involved in that. And you have two voices, right? Some Some say it's, it destroys a bit uh, the freedom of podcasting since you have a bigger player and mm-hmm. uh, it, it gets these exclusive, exclusive rights. Right. Um. Where do you see, wh- what's going to happen?
1: What's going to happen with the industry in the next couple of years? This is super difficult to answer or to predict. So uh, I think it's actually good that there are these deals because that will attract more people to create high quality content and uh, to really push the podcast game further. I think it's actually a good sign that you have these big deals to also show to potential sponsors and companies that are active in the ad game that, hey, podcasts are a serious game to consider. You should probably think about how and where you actually place your ads uh, or your partnerships in the podcasting game. So again, here uh, you know by these uh, million-dollar deals or even hundred-million-dollar deals, um, this is probably a good confirmation that puts podcast on the map of other companies doing ads and and trying to sell their services and products. So I think it just gives the the whole scene, the whole market, a more mature touch and makes it more serious and professional. So I think at least for now, uh, it's a positive thing, uh, from my understanding. Very cool. Very
0: good. So let's let's move a little bit out or forward. I would say so beyond Corona. Um, what what are your what do you think is going to happen in the industry you're working in in
1: in general? What do you think is beyond Corona and the new normal going to look like? So if you just look at the startup scene, um, I think right now what you see is also what many people said is that fundraising for startups will get more and more difficult. So the market will sort of dry out a bit. You know what we also saw in the beginning you know i mean the markets the stock market is like very volatile at the moment Uh, you cannot really make sense of that but you always thought that if the stock market is going to crash uh, then gold will increase in pricing right also bitcoin probably or crypto in general but what happened at first is everybody was so shocked that they just wanted to liquidate all the assets that they still had so everything was going down gold was going down stocks were going down everything and uh, I think this was like the first shock. But now what we also see in, in startup fundraising, this is probably something that we'd be a bit more and longer f- affected by, by the Corona drop, basically. So I think for newbies, for, for people that don't have any track record, it will be probably like getting more and more difficult to raise their first round and to raise VC money. Um, I'm not sure how long that will last, but I, I can well imagine that this will last for another one, two, maybe even three years. Uh, however, I think for teams that have a very strong business case, a, a good track record, that they will still find money. So it will not be completely drawn up market, uh, but just uh, getting more difficult if you don't have uh, any track record or any sort of proof of concept. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, as as you see as well, a lot of the angels or
0: a lot of the investors, they go with their portfolio companies or they have to right. reinvest in their portfolio yeah. companies. So it just makes it more difficult, I would
1: say. Um, yeah, you know, to to raise and to because start. there you already made a bet, right? And now they need more money because they're missing their targets, most likely. And instead of funding new projects, you just have to in- inject money there to uh, to make sure that the company survive. Um, that makes a lot of sense, uh, but at the same time also makes it harder for new entrepreneurs and new companies that get started. At the same time, if you look back, right, if you think about the big companies, many of them were founded during a crisis, and as Winston Churchill already said, like never let a good crisis go to waste. So at the same time, this can also be a good opportunity for you to really you know, start something new and try to bootstrap as long as possible to really not need any external funding. But then when the market recovers in two, three years, nobody knows when, but it will eventually recover then you're ready with a strong business case and can actually get uh, funding in for a good and fair valuation, which might be more tricky today.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and, and as mentioned before, I mean, you have certain areas that are just accelerated like absolutely 4. Yeah. So it's it's interesting since it kind of struck everyone, but then not really on, the, on a bottom line perspective. Yeah. Very good. So we're running almost out of it. One last question I have for you is, so we we talked a little bit about the long lasting effects. Do you think there will be a a
1: correction, a recession or something like? I I thought a lot about that because I also like to to follow the stock market and, and think about like ETF investing and so on. Um. there, I, I really, I have an undecided mind. I think like in the long run, stocks will probably still like outperform and, and be a good investment if you are diversified with low cost uh, index funds. At least that's like my strategy. I, I know that there are many other strategies uh, that you could follow there and also other point of views. So I think in the long run, even though that there might be a correction or another uh, strong downwards market correction that we see because of Corona and, and the real recession coming, maybe, I don't know. Um, I think in the long run, still probably a, a good investment to make, um, talking about like 10 years plus, right? So, yeah, I'm not sure if it's coming, but if you then see what power and what weapons like the Fed pull out, pull out right? Massive uh, money flooding the market and just buying everything they can, basically, Um then I would probably quote Warren Buffett that said, never bet against America, never bet against the Fed. These things are just like, you cannot control that. You can only try to understand what's happening, what's going, but if then something comes that is too threatening for a whole economy or whole society, um, there's a way bigger force in, in, in place um, that you cannot calculate with, and that just uh, has a massive effect. At the same time, this also has huge downsides, right? So, for example, if you look at, at banks, for example, they privatize the, the gains that they make, but they uh, load off the risk and the cost to society. And this is a very negative thing that is just leading to a lot of social problems in, in a country or in, in society. So, again, answering the question, recession, I have no clue. Um, There is data that su- suggests that there will be one. There is data that su- suggests there is none coming. Hard to say, hard to predict. Uh, but no matter what where we are going uh, it's a very interesting time uh, ahead and i still think that stocks are probably a good investment long term <laughs> so uh,
0: you always have to quote then right it's not not expert uh, investor advice oh yeah of course yeah <laughs> but no i agree i'm um, i don't, totally agree with you but hey ideally
1: you, you build your own company anyway that's probably the, the highest return that you can achieve there if you hit it right once exactly so long story short i think
0: it was a great interview um and with coronas, I'm not sure about the second wave, but I thought like yeah, after three right. months, this is uh this is a thing maybe not so of the past. However, um, so what we decided to do is we gonna stop survival mode for a minute, and that was one of the reasons why I invited you to the studio as well. Um, that I mean, Swisspreneurs as myself, I'm a big fan, and uh, I don't want to all the listeners that keep want to keep up with a uh, high quality startup. Um, insights I think it's a great show so maybe you can say something about it and and why the listeners should tune in to, to Swisspreneurs in the future.
1: Sure, yeah, of course. So first of all, I mean, it's great to partner up with Digital Switzerland on, on that one and really strengthen the startup ecosystem of Switzerland with uh, the Swisspreneur podcast. So basically what we do is we run a, a weekly show. So every week there's a new episode where we interview people, innovators, uh, investors from the startup ecosystem in Switzerland and really uncover their stories and their success. We talk about their story, but we also talk about hands-on topics like a B2C marketing framework with Alan Fry from Amorano, for example. Very very practical, very hands-on that you can then directly apply to your business. And we also have Q&A sessions where you can actually send in your questions, we then look for experts and get these questions answered that you can really build a successful company or just find the inspiration that you're looking for to finally leave your job and kickstart your own entrepreneurial venture. So. Really happy for this collaboration to happen in partnership. And uh, yeah, tune in every Thursday, there's a new episode. Uh, you find us on swisspreneur.org and on all major podcast platforms. That's awesome. So, definitely a high recommendation from my side
0: and from our side. So, we will move a little bit out of the, the corona and the crisis spectrum more to a big tech and tech topics spectrum. For So, for example, There was a promise that we have self-driving cars in 2020, and uh, it somehow never happened. And that is the area we dive into. And furthermore, I'm happy to announce that we're working on a project ourselves. Um, More to that, I would say, in the future.
1: Absolutely. I think we have something good in store uh, that we can release hopefully soon. Um, Still some planning required and some execution power uh, to put behind that, but there's something cool coming in a collaboration between Digital Switzerland and Swisspreneur, so stay tuned perfect so we hope uh, maybe soon uh, an exit about 100 million to spotify right <laughs> maybe not in that case because it's just too much fun to do that so we wouldn't want to uh, stop that true we want to stay liberal and uh, and free absolutely <laughs> yeah. thank you so much silvan was a pleasure thank you for having me